Welcome to the E6 Podcast. The E6 Podcast is a place for candid conversations from Colonial Church, where we will dive deeper into what our church community is learning, what's going on in the world, and how it all applies to our lives as Christ followers. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. My name is Brooke. I am here along with Lauren Jones. How are you, sir? I'm pretty good, man. I am pretty good. I got one good arm, but I am feeling better every day, and... uh, I'm just glad to be here with you, Brooke. Hey, at least it's not your left arm as your good arm. You know, I just thought about that. Uh, it could some be. Reason, it could be worse. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> can I just tell you? I bet everybody out there who's had any kind of injuries or ailments, it's amazing how you lose the use of just one body part, and it, it you just don't realize how often you use it. Yeah. You know, like I like I broke a finger one time, and I just couldn't. I think it's, it was my ring finger. I'm like, I couldn't imagine how often I needed that right. finger for stuff. Now, I can't, I can't uh, tie my shoe. I can't <laughs> pick things up off the floor well. You know, I can't cut. I was trying to cut something for my daughter a couple days ago, and I can't hold it. With, you have no balance. No, no, and, no stabilization. Arm. I mean, I'm not suffering. I know this sounds just <laughs> awful, but it's amazing. Just the things we take for granted. Right. That's absolutely. Where I'm going. You know. I know. I get it. I'm just saying. At least it's not your left arm that you had to <laughs> right. to write with. Right. And... Especially because I have asked my basketball coach in high school. I have no left. No left. I am dominant on one side. You were the you were the one that we all said, make him go left. Yes. Make him go oh, left. absolutely. I would do right-handed layups on the left side and go uh-huh. off the wrong leg and that's right. That's right. all that. That's awkward. That's awkward looking. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I'm did glad you, see, you have at you, least one arm. Did you enjoy, uh, I asked Jordan, uh-huh. our spiritual formation pastor, I said, I, I don't know how else to do this, but this thing loosens up on my head, this fancy microphone oh, yeah. that I wear when I preach. Yeah. I'm like, when I get up there, I just need you to tighten it for me. And it's going to be this weird, awkward moment. And I, there's no there's no plan B. And he did not like that at all. Well, I said, the funny thing is, it's like, it's like that's not a that's not a weird thing. Like that 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 happens all the time. It just doesn't happen on stage in front of everybody. Right. Right. In the middle of okay, this transition that we've worked out and is going to be relatively smooth. Okay, now we're going to have to pause and wait until uh, Jordan fixes the microphone for you on the back of your. He head really and... didn't mind doing it. I, it <laughs> we we had a little fun laughing about it. Uh huh. And nobody cares. No, like, it's nobody so cares. funny how we. I think in this world of production, right? You know, the TV shows we watch, the movies we watch, the the, the musicals we go to. I mean, production. It's all about the production, and I think, sadly, the church has embraced a lot of that. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, excellence. Is, I have been a I've been a large portion of that for years. Yeah. in my church career. So sure. yeah, I, I totally get it. And and you know, on one hand, it's like yeah, how do we minimize distractions and right. those kinds of things? But then we get you know. We, we start to trip over the things that are like, it's not really that big of a deal. Right. It's not that big of a deal that you had to move a table or <laughs> that someone else walked on stage. Or, or there was this awkward pause in the middle. It's, it's okay. <laughs> That's right. That's it's right. okay. <laughs> yeah. It's not, uh, it's not an actual production. Sometimes, right. sometimes it seems that way. So um, I, I have a question for you. A few weeks back, um, we haven't talked about this. So, you know, this is, this is brand new information. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. But so a few weeks back, something, uh, there was a news article that the government was going to release information about UFOs, yes. about potential aliens. Yes. And we just breezed on past it. <laughs> we just kept on. I don't, flying. I don't think I've heard 
a single person bring that up. I don't I've read know that in it, the news. To me, it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. It came out today. Did you read it? No, today. Yeah. No, I didn't. It's I didn't. like it's like nine pages. I didn't actually read it. I just read an article about it. What's the it, gist but, of it? All right. So you ready for this? Yes, I'm okay. actually very curious. Spoiler alert: If you don't want to know about aliens or UFOs, uh, skip ahead about five seconds. You ready? Here we go. <laughs> they don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what it is. There, they they listed, um, or they they said there was like eighteen um, sightings of what they call them unidentified aerial projections or or, or, or projectiles or something. I don't, I don't right. know. UAP things they can't explain. Yeah, UFOs Reco- recorded to us. on right. video. Right, 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 right. Absolutely. This is like military uh, maneuvering, and they're doing all this stuff, and then somebody sees this up in the sky, and they're tracking it, and they're following it around, and it doesn't seem to follow all of the laws of physics, right? So this is the, that's the craziness is we don't know, right? And so then they came back and they said, of these 18, we can explain one of them, we think. And it was, they said it was a large balloon deflating, which you can imagine if you blow up a balloon and then you let go, like it doesn't seem to, you know, it it defies the laws of physics, right? It's just, it turns all over the place. It doesn't make any sense. So that's what they're explaining as one of them. And, and the others, they said, we need more information. It's like, wow, (laughs) that took us this long. And I'm I'm putting you on the spot, but who yeah. is they? Like who came out with this report? Who is who is declaring? Well, this is they. This is the the they of the of the conspiracies of the of the world of the government of the. Oh, this is not from a government agency or something. I'm sure it is. It's it's from like the like uh, the DOJ, not DOJ, but like the intelligence community or something something like that. Some intelligence committee in in Congress and. But I was, uh, I was, I was just like, okay, okay, we finally get to, we finally get some. Inf- no, we don't. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. You know what? Can I, can I, I guess, try to mix that crazy topic with Do it. with our our belief in in God and mm-hmm. um, what what would that do? I, I was going to ask the same question. What, what would that do to you? <laughs> Let me put you on the spot then okay. first before you get to me it on to the me. spot, right? You love Jesus. You believe right. this is not all there is. Right. We are eternal beings. Okay. I know these things about you. I, yes. know, I know you believe these yes. things. What would happen to your faith <laughs> if you found out that there is life out there? That there is, I'm not talking about some plant on Mars. Right. With, it's not just with, there with is a, couple a, leaves. a, a I'm, microorganism. I'm, no, I'm or talking something. about an actual being other a, than a Martian. Yeah. A, a Martian, you know, <laughs> except way out there. So what, huh? would ha- what, what do you honestly think would happen to your faith? I'm, I'm, I'm asking, uh, would that rattle it? Would it, would it have no negative effect? Would it, I don't, you know, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know that I can answer that well because, because on one hand it's like, well, I mean, the, the universe is so insanely large and, and you know how long have we lived our lives thinking that we are the center of the universe mm-hmm. right that we mm-hmm. are the main important thing but ultimately there's so much out there i'm not saying that there is anything but at the same time like we know that there is spiritual you know there's a spiritual warfare side of things that i can't see i can't understand i can't wrap my mind around right. you know there are there are stories from the bible of aliens coming down and um, and, and having, having babies with humans, right? <laughs> They're in creating giants and there's, you know, there's, there's all kinds of things. And I don't know, I don't have a great answer for that. I think, 
Um, honestly, I thought about this as this morning, as, as I was thinking about this before we started recording, um, later on, I figure we might, we might get here, but, um, you talked about on the weekend, the, uh, the birds of the field or the birds, and they don't have to worry about storing up things because, uh, because our heavenly father takes care of them. Mm -hmm. And, and so if it's not a like humanoid type alien, then does it matter because if Jesus is made in the, if we are made in the image of God and Jesus came down incarnate in human form mm -hmm. to to be the you know the way right, right then right. that doesn't change anything for the ant that I accidentally just stepped on or the bird that's flying around or this or the Martian random organ you know <laughs> organism that lives out in space now granted if it came down with a flying saucer that has all kinds of crazy technology then uh, you know I don't I don't know I don't know what that to thinks we're that. really primitive and right. like all the space movies <laughs> that's right you know? you know with all the uh, yeah they're they're beaming people up yeah. and. You guys don't have portals. What? You don't have that. What, what about you? What does that do? Where does that? Where does that question take your mind? Um, I don't know that people. I, I don't know that some people would like my answer because I just don't think it would affect me one way or the other. I I think that I think it would. I, first of all, it blow my mind, of course. Right. But it would not damage or negatively impact my faith, my belief system, because I just I just marvel. God is so much. Mm -hmm bigger and high. the older I get, the bigger God seems to become. Yeah. And the less, I mean, it's the fundamentals become more clear to me and the things I'm sure of just become more solid in a lot of good ways. But the number of questions that are unanswered, the list just gets longer and longer. So right. you add extraterrestrials in there. I'm like, <laughs> wow, that's awesome. That's like cool. it just, it just doesn't change. Right. I think to the degree I, I had this thought while you were talking. Shocker! I was thinking about what I was going to say. I'm so glad that I was. I was that. I was that. <laughs> you do uh, that. That interesting to you that no, I, you were no longer thinking no, no, about what I, I was saying. I was definitely. I'll let you go back. You can go back and rewind what we just said, and then you can respond again. Can I go now? Yeah. Go. <laughs> so here's what here's what I really do think. I think to the degree that we are egocentric, mm. which all of us are at some level, the world revolves right. around us. Right. Um. It's 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 destructive bursting a bubble there it just blows things up to right. find out oh my goodness uh it's 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 on par with going back to when they realized in fact maybe this is a good comparison i forgot what year it was how many centuries ago when we thought humanity thought that the entire universe revolved around mm -hmm. earth right and then we found out, oh, Earth isn't oh. the center of the universe <laughs> or the center even of our galaxy. Right. The sun is, and we're rotating around it, mm. along with other things rotating around it. So on par with that, to find out, oh, we're not the only thing going on, that doesn't, that doesn't challenge my belief system. Yeah. It, it, just, it just affirms God is a mad scientist. Yeah. And he is amazing. And I... It sounds so goofy to say, but good for him, you know? He's got, he's got things going on elsewhere. That's right. He's still king. He's still... Uh, I'd love to know, okay, how have you revealed yourself to them? To them. Right, exactly. And how do they relate to you? And we're really going down the crazy I path. know, right? It's the, it's, then, it, then it becomes, is it the once for all right. type of question? Yes, like, yes. did Jesus die once for the aliens that live in a different galaxy <laughs> as well? This has gone weird. <laughs> I will say, I will say, if you put me on the spot, uh -huh. um, which has no... There's no value to this statement, 
But if you put me on the spot, do you believe there's life out there? I would say, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that what we understand from scripture is that it's all about him and he's revealed so much to us. And I think the universe is not only ginormous, but still growing. Evidently scientists tell us, uh, just another revelation of the bigness of God to humble us. So my gut, I have no, no scientific evidence (laughs) of this, of course, but my gut is that there's no life out there, but it doesn't, but it doesn't doesn't do anything but fascinate me and excite me. If I found out there was, yeah. Shocker, they don't know. They don't know, right. We need more information. I just thought that was the funniest thing. It was like, all right, we're going to reveal this document. We're going to release this. Yes. And our information is, we need more information. (laughs) That's what you get. That sounds about right. I just thought that was really funny. Okay, so so we don't have to talk about this, but I'll add. Yes. It does make me wonder why, I personally, I am so fascinated with science fiction. Like, my favorite stories are sci-fi mm-hmm. almost without exception mm-hmm. you know not just like the obvious things like star wars but even like things like the matrix or obviously. whatever like obviously star <laughs> <laughs> obviously star wars obviously <laughs> sorry we can stop there i'm just fascinated with sci-fi i know? mean i think it's like the, it's the unknown like we don't it is we don't unknown. know right you yeah. know our curiosity is what is what drives i think so much of that and we just don't have any idea no so. doubt all right serious topics we had uh, we had a a um, a weekend yesterday. You dove into um, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, it <laughs> seems like uh, materialism, treasure in heaven, and the kingdom of God, mm. and worrying and anxiety and money. Lots of things. Yeah. Right. So some of those things we, we you talked about anxiety that we wanted to talk about that. So we'll get there. Um, but. I'm I'm curious as we dive in here. So we talked about the hopes and dreams being centered around, you know, all, all of our hopes and dreams. You, what do you want to grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to do? If you had two jobs to choose from, which one pays the most? Because that's generally where we go. Um, what's the distinction that you see between the materialism of all that and the enjoying life mm. side of, okay, well, we are you know, we, we've created things. God has created us to be creating creative beings as well. Right, and right. so we've created cars and we've created, um, smartphones and the internet and all these things that have happened that, you know, it, it seems like a, a big pendulum that, that we could be on crazy ends of the spectrum of, okay, there's materialism, but we're supposed to be over here with nothing. And so give it all away and don't have anything and live in a you know, on the streets and preach the gospel. Be Amish. Um, right. Yeah. What, how, how, do we, how do we deal with that, that potentially massive spectrum of, you know, don't serve God and money and right. don't be materialistic, and, but you can also enjoy life? Well, I think, golly, that's... I'm not sure exactly what you're asking, but what you are bringing to our attention is just the tension of... We're surrounded by technology our mm-hmm. whole life. Every it, it we're we're in we're not third world country. We're you know we're a developed Western country where my thirteen year old has a phone and my eleven year old is like the only one in her class that doesn't have a phone. Right. And, I mean, we're just surrounded by technology everywhere. Um, so it's definitely a. I mean, if Jesus lived here today, I, I don't think he'd be walking around in a t shirt and shorts with no technology and, and no stuff. And 
Um, I don't think he'd have a big mansion and drive a Mercedes convertible. <laughs> and as we go down that road, but that doesn't mean he doesn't, you know, want us to enjoy some of those things either. So the tension you bring is why everything has to be read. The words of Jesus have to be read in context. And so even when we read things like don't store up treasures on earth, store them up in heaven mm. in the context of all the other things he tells us to do and to be and to prioritize. It's about our hearts. Yeah. You know, I, I know put it this way. I know some really wealthy people with lots of toys and creature comforts, and they are some of the most Christ-like people I know. Mm. Uh, they also share more than anybody I know. They bless other people. They give, they give, they give. Uh, they don't freak out when they lose something or something gets bent out of shape. Um, I, on the other hand, I know some broke people who are the most content, joy-filled people I've ever met. I love going to other countries, different, different parts of the world, which I've, I've been blessed to, to travel quite a bit, and to see people in just incredible poverty that frankly seem happier than most of the people I do life with every day, yeah. you know, here in yeah. Texas. Um, so I don't think there's a correlation necessarily between um, stuff and honoring the Lord and um, as far as what we have. I just think, I think Jesus over and over again, I know I'm redundant. I'm saying what I say a lot on Sundays. Jesus wants to know where our hearts are. Mm. And that's what he means by seek first the kingdom. That's what he means by store up treasures in heaven. It doesn't mean don't save for a rainy day. It doesn't mean don't, you know, enjoy that Jeep Wrangler with the top off that mm. you and I've been talking about off offline. Um, it just means don't make that your number one thing. Oh my goodness. You know, and I'm, I've been guilty of that. I sure. ha I have been guilty. Can I be honest with you? Maybe. Yes. I don't know how encouraging this is to our listeners, but you know, I preached about, don't worry. I preached about, you know, don't, don't make tangible material things that, that go away high on your priority list. And then yesterday, Carrie and I just had some really hard conversation, went on a little date, had some coffee. Um, and we talked about, you know, our firstborn going off to college this fall. We talked about needing to redo our bathroom because our, our shower's all moldy. It's gross. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, yeah. I shouldn't say that. Probably my wife's going to kill me now. <laughs> but it just, you know, it's been 16, 17 years. It needs to be replaced. It wasn't done well, well the first time as builder's grade, you know, materials. Mm -hmm. And we're looking at each other like, where's the money going to come from? Yeah. And all in that moment, we start worrying. We start fretting. We start feeling like we don't have enough. Uh, and all at the same time, I'm like, why do we have all this stuff? Why are we so blessed? We have more than, you know, 98, 99% of people on the planet, you know? So the tension there is real. Yeah. I think that's why we live in community to have people who model seeking first the kingdom. Hmm. That's one of my biggest joys of being a part of a church a part of a small group, a part of friendships where I get to see people who model both ends, model materialism and just this fixation on things that make us feel good briefly. And I've got other people that, that model the kind of generosity that I just want in my life, the kind of carefree attitude about things um, that I 
I want for me, I want for my wife, I want for my kids, I want for our church. Uh, so I think it's all internal. It's not, it's not the stuff. Yeah. It's, it's what we do with the stuff. It's how we feel about the stuff. It's our priority list. Um, I don't think we're called to all be po- impo- impoverished. I don't think we're called to all be simplistic like the, like the uh, not simplistic, that's not the right word, but to live simply like the Amish. Um, I think there is something beautiful about that. I- I'll admit that. I don't want it bad enough. I like, I like my phone. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I like being connected to things. Yeah. It's a tough one, though. And I, and I think Jesus spoke, I didn't say this yesterday, but Jesus spoke more about money than almost anything hmm. uh, because he knows where our hearts are. Yeah. It's not because he cares more about money. It's not because, you know, Jesus thinks that money is all that. He just, Jesus speaks to the heart. So where does he go? He talks about the heart. He talks about lust. He talks about um, money. He talks about ambition and power. He talks about those things because they reflect our heart for sure. Yeah, it almost sounds like it hinges on the word treasure. Mm. You know, that, 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 that maybe that is the key to where your heart is, right? right. So where, where your heart is, there your treasure is also, right? Right. So that the word treasure is like, that's what, it's, it's, it's not just a, a cool thing or, or whatever, but what are you actually treasuring in that moment? Are you treasuring this over the kingdom of God, over the people around right. you, over, so it's not like you can't have these things, but if that becomes your treasure and that yeah. becomes the thing that you're seeking after, right. then it's now, okay, that's when our heart is... Our heart has has gone beyond. Um, yeah, this is a cool thing that I get to be blessed with, and right. you know, happen to be in this time and this time in this season of life and this you know part of the world or whatever where we mm-hmm. have those those opportunities. Yep. No, that's well said. But I think it's a um, it's a a interesting distinction to think about those things and think about how. Uh, how do we use our money and our stuff and those those kinds of things to affect those around us? Um, I got home yesterday. My dad was here over the weekend, and um, so he 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 brought the kids while um, while my wife was resting at home, and I was working all morning. And so he he sat through the service, and and he came home, and he was like, "Yeah, it was interesting to to sit and start to think about some of the." Uh, the 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 trips and things that he's been able to take. He's a doctor, so he's um, so he's taken several like medical mission trips to different places, and to start to think about, okay, well, how did we use our money, our giftings, our schooling, our our stuff to impact those around us? And he started thinking about the ways that he said he found a journal. And and reading back through it just made him start to like to cringe about the ways that they tried to present the gospel to people, but only um, you know we had to do this first, and then we would treat you, you know. And he he so he was talking about how like we 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 always did it in a way that that we required them to do something, and then we'll help you. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it made me start thinking about like you know the ways that we talk about like are we are we trying to save save souls from the fire of hell or are we actually trying to make a difference in people's lives and and affecting them and so it was just interesting to hear him come from come from that perspective and and thinking about like how do we uh, how do we show people the gospel rather than just preaching it to them, or how do we uh, gift it to them rather than require them to go through something mm. and hear it, um, 
you know, I, I was thinking about, um, I, I should have looked it up and I forgot, but uh, the, the quote, um, that a, a hungry person has no ears, you know, that we're not, we're, if we're not helping meet their needs, then it's, it's a whole lot harder for us, for us to be like, Hey, I know you're starving, but can you sit through our service first and then we'll feed you. Mm. And so it was just, it was just interesting to hear him start to process those things. Um, you know, having a culturally appropriate gospel rather than just, Hey, here's, Here's our Americanized version of of what this is. So yeah, but just just to to start to to think about okay, how do I how do I take that? You you were talking about witnessing and and the the fear that we all have of oh, but then I have to talk to somebody and then I have to and then I I'm, I don't want to push my my beliefs on them mm-hmm. or uh, or whatever it is, but to think about like well, how are we using the things that we've been blessed with, the things in our lives, the education that we've gotten, or the the area of the world that we live in, or whatever, and how are we using those things to uh, to to spread the gospel, to love the people around us, mm. um, rather than just experiencing the materialistic side of living in living in this part of the world, sure. living in the United States, but well, you really you're really stepping into a, a a broad uh-huh. topic of, of evangelism and what it means to share the words of the gospel, right. uh, the truth of the gospel that does save people forever right. <laughs> from separation from God and um, you know, offering someone a, a cup of cold, clean water, uh, which, which may in the moment be their, may be their perceived biggest need. Yeah. You know? um, and I think that's a whole nother Mm-hmm. topic of tension because I just strongly believe it's 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 not one to get to the other it's not a linear progression it's all of it it's all of it um i think i think the tension of what what do we do in the moment with different people in different circumstances is where the lord leads us to use words or mm. to to provide food or um knowing that the the biggest thing we have to offer is is just the knowledge of Right, the one who loves us and and is for us, and um, if we leave that unsaid, that's that's a whole other problem, you know. Um, wow, you just stepped into some some. <laughs> I, that's what I said. Like you, you, this weekend, like even if you were not really going into all these things, like yeah. there were a whole lot of things. Well, a whole lot of topics. Wh- that really, could where come I out went, where I was trying to go, is I was con- I may- maybe I wasn't real clear because I was convicted. By I, I quoted John Stott at mm-hmm. the end of my message because he just said very, very, I mean, he, he used a lot more words, but he basically <laughs> said, we don't want God, if we've got any glimpse or grasp of the greatness of God, the goodness of God, the generosity of God, we don't want him to get a little more honor. Right. We want him in the supreme place is the words he used. We want him to be king and we want therefore his kingdom to spread mm-hmm. so it's not this self-serving proselytizing because i want more people in my camp more right. people to be like me it's not even this oversimplified i want this to ha- i want the a b or c to happen with people it's i just want the reign of the king to expand yeah i just want him to receive more honor and glory that's really what i was trying to say yeah which which counters i hope my fear of sharing the good news with someone, my, my insecurities about, do I have the right words? Uh, my thoughts of, well, maybe they don't want to hear this. Mm-hmm. 
it's not about that. It's right. about it's about making the king known. And so um, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think that that was. You don't think that was missed? No, I don't think that was missed. I just in my head, I just started hearing all of You're, these yeah. other things that are yeah. are are part of this conversation. But it was just interesting to 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 listen to my dad hear that. Yeah. And and still start to think back yes. on the things that you know. Okay, maybe I maybe we didn't do that in a in a very healthy way. Well, you know what it brings up is a book that I know you and I have both read. It's yep. been a long time. I can't remember the author, but when helping hurts. Uh, can't remember off the top of my head. Um, yep. it, it might be worth putting in our show notes. Uh, it's, I've I've read it uh, in two different seasons of life, but it really impacted my mm -hmm. understanding right. even just historically of how we as the church with a capital C have sometimes with the best of intentions gone into different parts of the world and and hurt more than we helped right uh and if nothing else it was a really good challenging read for me mm -hmm. to rethink okay what does helping look like here what what does being the hands feet and messenger of the gospel um what does it look like in this context or that context or that context? It's not just dump a bunch of pamphlets with the four spiritual laws mm -hmm. on it. You know, it's not just dropping off, b drilling a, a, a water well. Right. It's not, it's, it's just so, so much more complicated mm -hmm. than that. And, um, so if anybody's interested in that and wants to be challenged a little bit, or if you just have a heart for how the kingdom mm -hmm. of God would, would spread when helping hurts is a fantastic. Yeah, it's read. by Steve Corbett, and uh, we'll totally add that in the in awesome. the notes. Yeah, and and for me, it was like just kind of to tie it all together. There, that that book helped me kind of see like you know the ways that we have historically, maybe in the last several decades, at least at least my lifetime, the ways that we've done some of those trips. It's like we still kind of become the center of the trip. Yeah. You know, it we've and and so it's like how how do you get yourself out of the center of yeah. we're doing this because it makes me feel better or I get to be a part of something or I get to see this change rather than okay, well what does this community need? And for me it even it even helped me as as I've been able to have some some conversations with with some organizations around town just to think okay, I don't need to prescribe to you what you need and how I'm going to fix it. I need to find out from you what are the needs that you have and now how can we work together to accomplish something rather than me just coming in and saying, Hey, we're a church and we want to help and here's what we're going to do for you. Yeah. You know, and, and so it just kind of, it kind of like that, taking you, us out of the center of it. You just grabbed a, a image in my mind of it's about posture. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not flying into the Congo and and coming off the plane saying i have what you need right you know it's it's stepping into someone else's space even if it's right here in our city right and with a listener po listening posture mm -hmm. um a learner's posture tell me tell me what you which we totally love to do oh right? we're terrible at it i'm ter <laughs> i'm terrible at it you know we're all it's our, our favorite posture yes you, you tell me what you need and i'm gonna sit here and be quiet and listen hey i have a couple thoughts yes um especially before we get into the hard topic of anxiety and okay. worry. Um, I wish I'd have mentioned yesterday, uh, just because we're talking about, you know, dealing with um, scarcity mindset mm -hmm. for a lot of us uh, instead of an abundance mindset and not being materialistic and fixated on money and stuff. And uh, there's a fantastic study that our church offers from time to time called Financial Peace University. Mm -hmm. And um, the bad news is there's no opportunity right now right to now. jump into that. I don't yeah. think it's even going to be going on this fall. It might be going on as soon as the new year. 
Uh, Pastor Jordan would know more about that. Um, but Gerald and Sandra Lee are two of our longtime committed colonial folks. They have uh, experienced Financial Peace University. It's a Dave Ramsey tool. Uh, they have led it here at the church more than a few times. And I know that, uh, I know that Gerald specifically would love for, um, if they want, if anybody wants to reach out to our church office, we can put you in touch with Gerald because Gerald's probably even willing to work with someone one-on-one and mm. just help, uh, just recover from a place of being overwhelmed, yeah. uh, with debt, with, um, with just a lack of, of direction of strategy on how to deal with with our stuff so i didn't want to leave that unsaid another thing if i can shift gears just seeking the kingdom first it that is so central to what we talk about a lot here at colonial is we want to be a church that's a making disciples first and foremost we believe that jesus is king and life is about following him becoming more like him submitting to his gracious rule um Making disciples is that's that's our mission statement. We, yeah. we, we believe we exist to make disciples, but right underneath that, almost uh, I guess you could call it a secondary mm-hmm. uh, focus is for us to unite the city of Wichita Falls. We are for our city. We are for the church of the city, and to me, that's what seek, that includes in, to seek the kingdom is to cheer on. You know the Church of Christ down the street and and the all Lutheran the, Church down the street and all the different expressions. Yes, because it's. It, it makes, I think God wants us to see things differently than we do. We're so territorial. We're so competitive. One quick goofy story is when I wrecked my motorcycle uh-huh. a couple weeks ago, a week and a half ago, uh, I'm still on my back, helmet still on my head, fireman in his full garb is over me, two or three witnesses, including the lady that almost killed me is there. And um, I exaggerate um, <laughs> just for fun. Um, but then... Um, I think Ron Downing was on the scene because uh-huh. I asked them to call our church. So our, our executive pastor had just a few blocks away. He'd gotten there. And then Lance Bourgeois, who is the pastor at Grace Church right. here in Wichita Falls. I, I've mentioned him before. He's become a very good friend of mine. We had he, him say, he was on the podcast, on the podcast uh, at least six, eight weeks ago as a, with an interview. He's there, and he just happened to drive by hmm. and thought, oh, no, I hope that's not Lauren. That's, that's the kind of friends <laughs> we've, we've become. And uh, long story short is one of the firemen is talking to Lance and I'm already gone. I'm going to the ER, you know, Yeah. and the fireman said, uh, I, I didn't get his information. And um, Lance said, well, it's Lauren Jones. He's spelling my name. He goes, you know what? If you just call Colonial Church, he's the pastor at Colonial Church. If you just call, they'll give you all the information you need. <laughs> and the guy goes, oh, he's a pastor? you know what, we just moved here recently and we're looking for a church. Mm. And Lance Bourgeois, who's the pastor, who's the pastor at, at Grace Church, yeah. says, oh, you should totally go. It's a great mm. church. He's, he's a solid pastor. They've got a great community, great ministry going on. And Lance is telling this guy yeah. to come check out our church. He's inviting him to Colonial. And that's interesting. that doesn't sound like that big a thing. Right. But can I just say, yeah. that's so cool. Yeah. You know? I think it's a really big thing. It's, a, it's amazing to me that it's, it's, well, it's sad that that amazes me so much. Right. Um, but that's Lance. Lance is a kingdom guy. He seeks first the kingdom, mm-hmm. not his little lowercase k kingdom. How can I make my thing bigger? Right. Living out of abundance but, rather than scarcity. Yes. There's plenty of people. Right. There's plenty of givers out there, whatever cynical approach <laughs> you want to take about the church, you uh-huh. know? Um, 
he just wanted that guy in that moment to find a church home. Yeah. And if it took, you know, coming on, on the motorcycle wreck scene to, I don't even, I was wondering if the, I almost told that story Sunday, both in a fun cel- celebratory way, uh, but also maybe even just to see if that fire would come Sunday. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, seek first the kingdom. That's what we really want to be about for sure. Yeah. Well, and I think when you can change your mindset to that away from the scarcity, like it's easier to think about things in a kingdom mindset when we're not worried about, you know, throwing out all those, all these words that you talked about, you know, when we're not worried about like what is going to happen tomorrow. Right. When, when Lance is not worried about, um, man, do I have enough people coming on the weekends? Or do we have enough, you know, we say butts in the seats, right? Yes. When he's not worried about that and he can think about it from a kingdom mindset, then the question no longer is, do I need to get this guy to come to my church? It's, hey, I'd just love for you to hear the gospel. And if that's at Colonial, cool. If that's at at, at Unity Church, great. If that's at at, at Grace, great. You know, I'd, I'd love for you to hear that. And it doesn't have to be my expression. It doesn't have to be here because I'm not worried about, Yes. are we going to have the lights on tomorrow? You know, if we're trusting God in that. And it made me start to think about, I wonder how often we live our lives in that scarcity mindset, basically saying, I'm not trusting Jesus. Jesus was wrong. You know, all of the things in the Sermon on the Mount that we're, that we, that we're talking about that we just ignore, that we're like, yeah, but... In, in in this day-to-day moment, I need to be the one that's making this decision, and I need to be the one that's holding back because I can't give to this thing, or I can't give to this person because I don't know what he's going to do with it, you know, all the worries that come up with it and the scarcity, this, that, that scarcity mindset mm-hmm. that if, 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 if I have to be the one in control, then... That's basically what I'm saying is I'm not trusting Jesus with this. I'm not I'm, I'm not agreeing with Jesus in these in these moments in these things that he's taught us. Agreed. So I just I started thinking, man, I, I wonder how often that is actually the case that we're just this is what we're blatantly saying, you know, if we actually stopped and thought about it, I'm saying, yeah, I don't believe you. Yeah. That that's right on. We we are we don't realize we're that defiant, but I think that's what we're doing. Yeah. In the moment, nah. I mean, that's what I did. I, I taught right. on it Sunday morning. Right. I believe it with the, every fiber of my being. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. It's one of my favorite verses from the Psalms. He, it's all his. And then within hours, my wife and I can be fretting over there's not enough. Right. How are we going to pay for college? How are we going to get the bathroom fixed? What about, what about I don't know what's going to happen with my motorcycle and how much that's going to cost. Is mm-hmm. the insurance going to come through? And, you know, and yeah. fret, fret, fret. And God owns it all. Mm. He provides. He meets our needs. And it's amazing to me how I can teach something and still struggle with it. And still have to think, right, I just taught about this. Yeah. Okay, let's dive into the the distinction, I guess, that you were wanting to, to draw between worrying and what Jesus talked about. Yeah. Uh, don't worry. The birds don't worry. The, you know, the flowers don't worry. So stop worrying, and and the other side of things of 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 the um, anxiety and depression things like that. What is it that you wanted to dive in there? Well, I wanted to I wanted to speak a little bit. Maybe we've got some some new listeners this week that have intentionally um, jumped in with us because uh, anxiety is a huge deal. Um, I don't know if we're just more aware of it in 2021 than we were, you know decades or, or centuries earlier. Yeah. 
uh, the way psychology has grown um, and our understanding of the science of the brain and all those kind of things. I don't know if we're just more aware of it or if indeed the world's gotten so much more complex and things move so much more quickly that it's a, it's a growing challenge. I don't know. Both? I'm, probably both, yeah. But here, I, I just looked up some statistics. Um, where we go here? The anxi- anxiety disorders, okay. uh, I read, it's the most common mental illness in the United States. Hmm. So all the different things you think about people going to therapists for, people taking some, some helpful medication for uh, 40 plus million adults in the U.S. age 18 or older are affected by anxiety, one form or the other. Yeah. Um, it's highly treatable from what I understand. Uh, and I intentionally, by the way, talked to a therapist friend even early this morning uh, just to get his take on some things. Yeah. But a lot of people, in fact, uh, the surveys tell us that most people, about two-thirds of people who say they struggle with anxiety and worry and, and depression, uh, two-thirds don't even seek help. Hmm. So it's, it's a huge common thing going on in our country. Um, and what I have learned is it's, it's, there's so many different facets of it. It could be genetic. Um, has nothing to do with even life experience or our choices. It can be genetic, just passed down. It can have to do with our brain chemistry. Uh, it can be unique to our personality types. That probably rings true for a lot of people mm-hmm. listening. Um, and of course, we can be shaped by things that totally affect us. Um, I wanted to read this quote from John Piper because this just, if nothing else, this speaks to the huge impact of this issue. Um, He says, think about how many other sins are connected to the root of anxiety. Anxiety about money will will cause you to hoard or steal. Anxiety about succeeding will make you irritable and impatient with those around you. Anxiety about relationships will make you withdrawn or indifferent toward other people. Anxiety about what others think about you will make you lie or stretch the truth. If anxiety could be conquered, a mortal blow would be struck to so many sins. Hmm. I just think that we, we all know that intuitively, but it speaks to the power of worry. It speaks to the power of anxiety in our lives. Um, I, want, I want people who are listening to hear me say, um, if you knew how many pastors, spiritual leaders struggle with anxiety or struggle with depression, uh, who are on medication, who see counselors, uh, I, I'm pretty sure you would be shocked. I think most pastors, just like most non-pastors, just don't talk about it. Right. I mean, for anybody out there who's going to see a counselor regularly, you probably don't share that with most of your family or your friends. Uh, pastors are the same way. Um, I will say this on the air, so to speak, for our 14 listeners. Um, I have seen a counselor myself uh, in two different seasons of life that has been instrumental in my own healing and growth. Uh, my wife and I have seen somebody, um, one, one specific counselor for about nine months uh, weekly that was huge for us in our late 20s that um, I just can't put a price tag on how she helped us work through communication issues and us understanding each other better early in our marriage. Um, I'm a huge fan of, of competent Christian counseling. Yeah. Uh, 
I have uh, two of my favorite pastors on the planet that I will not name because I want to respect their confidentiality sure. that are on antidepressants. Hmm. Two of my favorite pastors on the planet that I think love Jesus as much as anybody I know that I think are as effective as anybody I know in, in serving and leading the local church. And they, they have come to grips with there's something genetic or something in their brain. Um, I like how, um, I read this, this, uh, quote from a, a Christian counselor who said, one of the things that's, that's baffling is if you have an allergy, uh, to something, and then you share with someone that you got some allergy medicine that helped. Nobody thinks anything of that. Right. Like, oh, good for you. Yeah. But if you have an anxiety issue, mm. um, then we we sometimes spiritualize that. Right. Well, you shouldn't you shouldn't be feeling that way. Right. You know. Uh, and yet, kind of like um, we can take something that that addresses that that, that pulls the fever down. I, I like this analogy. If we have a fever, mm-hmm. uh, maybe the, the, the root issue is not the fever, right. but if we can take something that pulls the fever down, that allows us to address what the issues are, that's really helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I bounced this off um, my therapist friend this morning, and he totally affirmed this to be truth. Sometimes you can take antidepressants or you can take some medication from some really smart scientists that help just bring the fever down, so to speak, bring the way you think and the way you cope and the way you see things around you to a place where now you can work on root issues. Now you can work on what's behind that yeah. anxiety. Yeah. Uh, and I just think in the church, we have got to do a better job, uh, including everything I said yesterday, because it all comes together. We've got to do a better job of, of helping normalize our struggles Absolutely. with worry and anxiety. Um, that was one of my concerns yesterday is that right. I, I came out, I, I think, just like Jesus. Jesus said, don't worry. Jesus said, don't worry. Right. Paul said, don't worry. Uh, there's more to it than that, but that's what they said. we got to start there. Yeah. This is not what God wants for us. But it doesn't mean if we worry and we have anxiety necessarily that we're bad Christians. Um, it doesn't mean necessarily that we're steeped in sin. There's so many factors. I think... A holistic approach. If for any of you struggling with, with anxiety, for any of you struggling with depression, you, you call yourself a worrier, any of those things, the holistic approach that I would heartily recommend is talk to your doctor because maybe there's something the doctor can help just to bring the fever down where yeah. you, can, you can deal with some things. Yeah. Talk to a good, competent Christian counselor. They can talk about your life experiences. They can ask the right questions. What's shaped you? Uh, where does this come from? Uh, and, and include us. Talk to your pastor or talk to one of your spiritual big brothers or big sisters to pray together over it because sometimes it is a spiritual issue. We just don't know. I think, I think taking a holistic approach to that is really, really important. Yeah, I think it's just, it's key to remember that there are a lot of people that deal with this, and we have, just like you said, we need to normalize it because we've created this world that if you admit to those kinds of things, then... It's weakness. It's a weakness. Or, it's, it's, or worse, it's, it's sin, sin. It's right? Sin. It's, it's you yeah. are not as good a person as I thought you were. That's, you know, I think that would probably be a lot of reasons why pastors are not willing to, because, you know, what do we do with a pastor? They're up on stage, they're well, talking, they're, they're teaching us. We put them on this pedestal that, oh my gosh, if they had this sin in their life... Unfortunately, you know, I, I know one story specifically of a pastor, this is uh, about 10 or 12 years ago, I think, 
in, in another town in Texas, he he actually took a a paid sabbatical because he I, I think you could just argue he was just burning out. Hmm. But he came back from his sabbatical with some clarity, working with a counselor, working with his doctor, that he was struggling with depression. Hmm. He shared that with his elders, the church elders. And within a couple of months, he was fired. Wow. Um, I would love to think that is the exception to the rule. Yeah. But they could not distinguish what he was struggling with from a lack of faithfulness. Yeah. And yeah. le- leadership quality, yeah. you know, and it what what does that story make people like me or you think? Right. Well, if, if I'm struggling with that, I'm not telling I, anybody. Yeah, right. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> when we really need to be open about those kind of things, ideally, so we can we can walk with the people we serve and and do life with and normalize it like we're talking about. Right. But I don't I don't blame people for keeping that close to the vest, even in the church. Unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately. Well, and I, I was talking to somebody yesterday about about this that they've gone through and they've gone through the counseling side, the medical side, and in dealing with it, and and that they've been told by people before, well, you're just not praying. You're not praying enough. Right. You're dealing with this because you're not you're not trusting God with it. And that's therefore why you're dealing with this with this issue. And so I think there there is that that major distinction to make between, uh, you know, what Jesus said and do not worry. What Paul said, don't worry. And I I kind of relate that to the uh, the the but what if, and the, but what if but what if we don't have enough? But what if this happens? But what if we get hit by a car? And then the the potential, the personality, the chemical imbalance, the you know the the other the genetics that 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 they're those they're not the same thing, right? And and I'll, I like what you said. If you can bring the fever down, you know the person I was talking to yesterday it was like, yeah, when when I can get outside of that overwhelming sense of I just it's everything is overwhelming. Yeah. Then you can start to talk about yes. okay, here's how my personality plays into yes. this. Here's how the OCD that I deal with yes. is causing those things where uh when when I have like a lack of control. It's like, okay, so there are things that we have to deal with and that you can deal with, but you can't deal with it right. if you're in that state of it's it's not just a hey, stop. Stop doing that. You know, we'll quit that. Not it's not a don't don't worry. Stop, you know, right. don't worry about that. No. Oh, okay. If I can go back and quote, I'll turn the, that off real fast. Yes, I agree with you. <laughs> if I can go back and quote the therapist friend I was talking to this morning, um, he said, you know, it's not uncommon to be talking through to do to use talk therapy in his case with a with a client with a patient. Uh, I guess you would call him a client. Yeah. Uh, and they they feel better. They see things more clearly, and they leave, and they'll come back the next session and say, I, I think it was minutes after I left. Mm. that everything got cloudy again. Yeah. And I don't understand why. And that's where, you know, you've, you've got, in, in this case, the therapist has to be smart and go, man, there's, maybe there's some things that I can't help you with through talk therapy. Let me read this quote. It triggers it's, and... It's, it's a little bit redundant from what I... I just like the way it, yeah. it clarifies things for me. This is a quote from a, a Christian counselor. Depression is like a fever. And while for the minority it may be a purely biological cause, for most others, depression is a symptom indicating that something deeper is going on in a person's heart or a situation is making him or her feel deeply unhappy. Antidepressants can, quote, reduce the fever, end quote, and give a person time to make the necessary changes in their life. Hmm. Um, that's not true for necessarily everybody. Some people need to be on on something like that for a long time or for their lifetime. Maybe. Right. But, um, that reduced the fever 
thing makes sense to me. I also, you made me think of something else that I hope is an eye opener for folks. If you read the letter, the first letter that Paul wrote to Timothy, uh, his young protege, uh, this is from first Timothy five verse 23. Um, Paul tells Timothy, he says, no longer drink only water, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent ailments. So First of all, just to be clear, in other places, <laughs> Paul says, don't get drunk. You know, he's not saying that alcohol is the, the, the solution to your problem. But in this ancient world, yeah. for the, in this Greek and Jew, Jewish culture, wine was a common thing people turned to yeah. to make your stomach feel more settled right. or to, to help you in some way. That's the way they thought. It was safer. It was, it was safer than this water that might make you sick. I was, you know? uh, somebody, somebody said it one time. I don't remember. It may have been you. So congratulations. We'll, we'll say it was you. Um, that, uh, that, you know, the wine might make you drunk, but water might make you dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was I, just I, like, I, I can't, ah, I can't that makes take, so much sense. I can't take credit for that. No, I like okay. That, but, I tried. But I love that this is Paul. This is super Christian Paul. Right. And at least in this particular moment, he doesn't tell his young protege, Timothy, hey, you need to pray about that more. Mm. Hey, hey, you need to get the elders of the church to lay hands on you mm-hmm. and, and pray. No, he said, you know what? Why don't you drink a little less water? Why don't you drink a little more wine? He, he's, he's appealing to this physical element mm-hmm. that's very real. That's why it takes a holistic approach. We can't super spiritualize everything. Yeah. I, I really think that's, that's helpful. That's out of the scripture. That's, that's helpful for me. Yeah. All right. So when we take all these things into consideration, the, the scarcity mindset that we tend to live from, the, uh, the kingdom of God that we should be working towards, the realities of anxiety and depression— how do we take all of this and apply it to our lives? Some of us that are not dealing with those things, some of us that are, you know, I have people close to me that are dealing with anxiety and depression, mm-hmm. right? So I have to deal with it in a different way. Mm-hmm. But maybe, you know, if if there's that many people out there and two-thirds of them are not telling anybody around them that it's going on or even seeking help, right? how do we deal with this in our everyday lives when we're, we, you know, when we're in, in our community, when we're walking around and we're seeing people with needs, or there's people that are hiding those needs and we don't know, how do we deal with this in our everyday, what does he say, everyday walking around lives? Right, right. Well, a, a couple thoughts come to me. Um, in fact, I should just say this first. I only know, you know, this much on, on the podcast. I'm putting my, my yeah. finger and my thumb together <laughs> real close. I, I'm definitely not an expert in this area. So if nothing else, what I want to say to our listeners is any good, decent church is going to have pastors that are here for you, including Colonial, as well as referral lists of some professionals, some Christian professionals in our communities that can help. So I know Colonial, we have a a short list of competent Christian counselors we'd love to refer people to. Um, Having said that, uh, I think... I'm a huge, huge fan of back to that posture of being listeners and learners and, and normalizing our experiences with each other. Uh, I hope and pray Colonial is a church, a, a local expression of the church that is very transparent about the things we are struggling with, not just me as a leader mm-hmm. in my own little personality style, but but I, I'm enjoying seeing more and more of people taking risks and just being honest what they're struggling with. And I think that in this realm of anxiety and worry, 
I think that's part of it. I think we need to have that conversation in an ongoing way. I love that another one of our pastors, I left this out, Jordan, you know, he, he did an interview with us last summer before the podcast. We did a, a, a thing for our church Wednesdays at home last yeah. summer. And he was very honest about just hitting a wall and, and having an, he called it a nervous breakdown. Mm. And a Christian counselor was really helpful to him to work through some things. Uh, I'm sure he'd say he's, it's a long-term work in progress, you yeah. know, and yet he's still able to serve and lead coming right. out of that, you know? So, um, I think the best thing we can do for those of us that are struggling with worry, with depression, with anxiety is to ask the question, okay, God, what, what do you, what do you want to say to me through this? Um, I wrote down this quote from C.S. Lewis because it's one of my favorite C.S. Lewis quotes. He says, we can ignore even pleasure. He's talking about the things we can ignore. He says, we can ignore even pleasure, but pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Mm. So when there's something that just really hurts, when there's something that is really troubling, I love how Lewis frames this. He's like, what is God trying to say to us? He's screaming at us. He's not nudging us. He's not just making us slightly uncomfortable. He's wanting to say something to us. And I, I think that we've got to really ask the hard question of what is God trying to say to us? What is he, what is he trying to, to, to guide me toward? And that's where we've got to take that holistic approach of asking for help. We've got to lean into a smaller community where we can talk about it and, and be friends with other people that may or may not be experiencing it. We've got to lean towards some professionals like a doctor, uh, like a counselor. We've got to lean into the church. The church is just one part of that. Um, our pastors, I think that's the everyday thing. Yeah. Um, I'd like to think that for those of us who don't struggle much with, with worry or, with, or, or blatantly with depression, that we're coming around a little bit, maybe generationally, to it being more normalized and we can empathize a little more. I think a couple generations back, um, you had to be, if, if someone said you should see a counselor, it's like somebody saying is you're, Oof, you're a lunatic, right? you're crazy, you're insane. I think my generation and, and the next generation behind me, um, I think we see, are starting to see it differently, I mm-hmm. think. Um, I'm not sure about that. Do you, do you think, do you perceive it that way? Uh, I, think, I think so, yeah. I think just the fact that it's becoming more of a conversation alone is normalizing that. Yeah. You know, honestly, I think that, that maybe even the church is farther behind that curve. The church than, is than so the rest often of the world, you know, behind. Yes, yes. Like that's what I was gonna say. Like to me, the 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 only thing that I would add to that is that, you know, if you're not experiencing that, you know, figure out how to be a safe person. How do you be a safe person that somebody can talk to, and you're not gonna judge them for dealing with dealing with something like this that, that we know that it's this common. So we can't just be on our as as my mom would say, be on our high horse. And, and, uh, I don't, I don't even know that I could actually define what that means, but, um, you know, we can't, we can't just be like this, I'm up on a pedestal and you're, you know, because you're dealing with this, well, you, you know, that, that you're not praying hard enough, 
Right. You know, how do we be a safe person that that person can, that somebody can come and talk to us and, and say, man, I'm struggling with this. Yeah. I need some help. I need somebody to walk me through this. I'm not, t- I'm not asking you to fix this for me, Yeah. but help me find some way to deal with this. Help me be somebody that I can say, oh my gosh, I need to call you because I'm falling apart right now. Mm-hmm. And I need somebody that can watch my kids while I attempt to deal with this. Right. You know, how do we be a safe person? Yeah. That's, that's, I think that's fundamental for sure. And then, and then at the risk of sounding a little simply simplistic or trite, it's still true. I I do maybe want to wrap up this conversation with, um, the answer to worry or, or high anxiety is not that everything gets better. It's not that we find a, a, a trouble free life. Um, life is hard. We live in a fallen world and, um, we, we come out of the womb sinful. We come out of the womb into a world that, that is not as it should be. Uh, and a relationship, a, a real relationship with a real God who is there with us and knows how many hairs are on our head and promises he will never leave us. And as Jesus modeled in the flesh for us, weeps with us when we weep, uh, is got to be something we're just grounded in. No matter how difficult the road that we're uniquely facing. Um, even for those of us that really struggle with mental health or struggle with anxiety, uh, we've got to hold on tightly in every sense to, he is our rock. And, uh, we may not be able to see in the moment why we're going through something, but he is there with us for sure. Mm. Okay. We'll, uh, we'll let that be the wrap up. That'll be our, our pause conversation. We'll be back next week. So next week is July 4th. Yes, this right? Sunday is July 4th. So uh, remind us again what we can expect for the 4th of July. Man, I hope, I hope if you're listening to this, would you, would you take the time after you hit stop in just a minute when this, when this episode ends to, to text a few friends, message a few friends? Uh, this Sunday, we're, just, we're, we're having a celebratory worship service at 9.15. We're going to worship God together. We're going to finish up our Sermon on the Mount series, I think, in a really good way. Uh, and then we're just going to have a huge meal together. It's, there's not a whole lot of bells and whistles. There's no wow factor. We're just going to have a ton of food and tables and chairs set up and music going. And it's, it's a chance for us not to sit in rows yeah. and then leave, but to actually sit in circles and see each other's faces and laugh and talk and play and uh, weather permitting, we'll have some stuff outside, some games and stuff. But even if the weather's bad, I want to say this, even if it's stupid hot or it's rainy or whatever, we're going to have a lot of fun. And so uh, come this Sunday, 915 worship, and then we say 11 o'clock meal. We'll probably start eating a little bit before that. We'll just, when we finish our 915 worship time, we're probably just going to flood into the cafe and the courtyard out there next to building 242 and enjoy time together. So somewhere around 1030-ish. 1030, 1040. 1030, 1045. Um, you, you show up at 11 because you forgot. Um, That's you'll, you'll There'll be a big pile of food there for you. <laughs> yeah, looking forward to it. All the leftovers. Yes. Yeah, and I know you know we live in a, uh, a town in, in, uh, in Texas, uh, in a military town, it's July 4th. Right. Uh, we unapologetically are grateful for our country and the freedoms we have to, even to do this, to worship all together and to share a meal. There's some places in the, in the world where you can't do this, that there are underground churches that are, are meeting in secret. 
And so um, I know we're going to have flags up everywhere that our, our, uh, our deacons are always excited about putting up and showing our love for our country. And um, the service itself on, on, on the 4th won't be, probably won't have much to do with, with the history of our country. That's not where we're going. But it's just, it's just an excuse to celebrate the many, many gifts that God's given us this weekend. I'm looking forward to it. And then you're going to wrap up, um, I guess before that, you're going to wrap up the Sermon on the Mount? Yeah, right? this will be the last. Spoiler alert, this will be the last <laughs> last message on the Spoiler Sermon on alert, the Mount. if you want to hear the end of the Sermon on the Mount, yeah. go back to the first Sermon We don't typically series. tell people on the front end, hey, we're going to talk about this for nine weeks. Because that just sounds yeah. like forever. It does sound like a long time. But now that we're approaching the ninth week, I'll go ahead and say it. <laughs> this is the ninth week and where we'll be done with it. Yeah. I, I remember <laughs> there was a time that uh, a, a previous church that I was that I was at, we were in week 27 of John. And I wow. was like, I, I need a break from John. I do not care right now. <laughs> like We've been in this for so long. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Well, we'll we're going to wrap it up. We'll pause the conversation there. If you have questions you want to hear us talk about, um, even if it's uh, about anxiety and depression, you're dealing with this or you know somebody that is and we didn't hit the topic very well for you or there's something else you wanted to hear us um, bring into this conversation that we may have skipped over, bring it on. Uh, podcast at colonialchurch.com. And as always, you know, even if you hear this later in the week, we can always come back and talk about something again, um, even if we have passed that Sunday. So don't feel like you can't ask questions. So Absolutely. So yeah, thank you for listening, and uh, we will see you next week. Have a great week, everybody. You've been listening to the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church. For more information about Colonial, please visit colonialchurch.com or download our app from the App Store or the Google Play Store. You can send us your thoughts, your feedback, and questions to our email, podcast at colonialchurch.com. And please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll pick up the conversation again next week.